It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't get caught with even more classified information over the weekend, but Joe Biden did. This is a loony tunes. Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. A lot of people saying that in the media, including the same folks who defended him last week, like Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski now turning around and saying, what the hell's going on in Bidenville? That's just how white folks will do you. Uh, We will tell you in this hour why Biden 2024 is looking more and more like Hunter's blood alcohol content, and that's about it. Uh, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of a shindig, that will include uh, Texas Representative Wesley Hunt, uh, a man who is very much fulfilling the dream of Martin Luther King in winning a seat in our highest offices of our government. And, of course, Harmy Dillon, who is uh, a candidate, a candidate anyway, to be the next RNC chair. She opposes Rona McDaniel, says we should not be rewarding the failure of the midterms and stops by to explain her plan to take over the party. But 888-788-9910 if you want to take over this party, which begins with a little TV announcement. I will be on the Sean Hannity program tonight uh, with the great Sean Hannity. They're actually letting Pete Hegseth guest host the show uh, now that he has nothing to do next weekend, he's got a, basically a free week. He was going to be saving up this weekend so he could go to that next round of the playoffs for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah, now Hegseth's got a little more guest hosting time on his hands because the Giants took it home yesterday in Minnesota. <laughs> of course, that is not the only progress being celebrated. So today is Martin Luther King Day. Uh, And it's always ironic to me because I get on the Internet, I get on the Twitter, and uh, I see every elected official. It's, you know, the law, okay? We should be honoring the legacy of Martin Luther King. It goes without saying that today is a day to be celebrated. Today is a day to embrace the progress we've made as a society. But what I find so laughable is there are so many people who basically have spent the last five or six years you know, pushing identity politics and dividing us along racial lines. But they do take the time this morning to honor Martin Luther King, a guy who wanted to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Democrats are so full of crap. Are they ever? Okay, because you understand. Okay, we're not, we're not, you know, in a lot of ways embracing the legacy of Martin Luther King, a man who was fighting so we could eat at the same lunch counters. Okay, he was fighting so our kids could go to the same schools. He was fighting so we could work at the same companies. He was fighting so we could live in the same neighborhoods. We did all of that. And I think in a gesture that blew Martin Luther King's expectations beyond all believable bounds, uh, we even elected a black president twice, despite that the fact was the guy wasn't terribly qualified to even do the job the first time. Don't be thick, all right? But the point is Barack Obama won with overwhelming majorities. 
in every ethnic group here in this country, including the white ethnic group in this country, if that's still even a thing. Uh, and we are now officially living in the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. OK, there's nowhere on this earth. Nowhere. Really. Think about it. There's nowhere on this earth where you can hold on to a job if you are racist. Like if you go out there and say, I don't like these people, somebody will dox you immediately. They will contact your employer. Your employer will publicly fire you. And that's probably a good thing because, as you know, racism is a byproduct of ignorance. It exists. Why? Because people hate and fear things they don't understand. Well, when we integrated society, the end result of the civil rights movement, the legacy of Martin Luther King, and we started, you know, integrating schools something that Joe Biden fought vehemently against. Don't ever forget when he was campaigning to be president, Kamala Harris kneecapped him because Joe Biden was the guy who fought against integrated school buses. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Hell of a claim to make, by the way. But the point being is in fully integrating this society, everybody came to understand we were all just the same. Like in this day and age, we know that now. Do they try to segregate us along racial racial lines when it comes to identity politics? Absolutely. But because we all live amongst each other now, we all know the joke. We're all in on it now. We're just people. There's good people. There's bad people. There's happy people. There's sad people. There's fun people. You know, there's really intense people. We come in all shapes and sizes. And we certainly know now through integration that no race has the monopoly on good and there's certainly no race that has the monopoly on bad you know i mean idiots come in all shapes and sizes and if you don't believe me just turn on the view the view is awful is it ever okay but understand that we're living at a time where rather than celebrating the progress that we've made in this country Okay, we do have one political party that will yell and scream about Martin Luther King all day today, but they're the party that is denying us all the racial progress that we've made. Okay, understand what Martin Luther King was fighting for is, hey, I'd like to go use the same restrooms. I'd like to use the same drinking fountains. I'd like to ride the same buses. I'd like to go to the same schools. Okay, I'd like to live in the same neighborhoods. I'd like to get the same jobs. I'd like to get elected to the same offices. Here's a newsflash, folks. We have accomplished All of that. All of it. Everything he had a dream of doing, we have accomplished all of it. Like, we are so far beyond all of it. But we're not living in the America of 2023 in the democratic worldview. We are very much living in the America of 1823. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And that's the part that drives me crazy. On the day like today, it's Martin Luther King Day. Hey, Martin Luther King, man. Phenomenal. Okay. Iconic work was done. The I Have a Dream speech, the civil rights movement, the people who fought and protested and got arrested and in some instances died so we could integrate this society and get us to the place of tolerance and inclusion that we now occupy. If you remember, if you're a longtime listener of the show, okay, I interviewed a man by the name of Clarence Henderson in the summer of 2020 who was part of the iconic Woolworth sit-in where a group of young black men sat at an all-white lunch counter refused to leave, ultimately got thrown out, ultimately got beat up, okay, because they wanted their equality. Okay, he was on the show in 2020 saying that the modern interpretation of racism is laughable in the face of what people fought for then. We are now so tolerant. We are now so inclusive 
that we're now making up new forms of racism. That's true. That is true. Oh, that's cultural appropriation. You're not a Disney princess. You can't dress up as Milena. That's race. Wait, what? Could you imagine going back and telling the people who fought to sit at the same lunch counter that someone was dressing up for Halloween as a Disney princess, they were racist, or that, I don't know, the University of Southern California was banning the word field because we thought it had connotations of slavery. That's, you know, something we're doing in this day and age. It's laughable on its face. Okay, you were talking to a generation of people who did not have civil rights, but they did have perspective in what they wanted to fight for and why and why it was valuable. What we have now in terms of the modern construct of racial dialogue is we have white people trying to score political points at the expense of black people. Okay, it goes on on in the left on the left wing of this country every damn day. Okay, it's why we erased Aunt Jemima. Do you remember Aunt Jemima? She was on the cover of a syrup bottle. A bunch of white people were like, that's racist. She's got to go. So what happened? They got rid of Aunt Jemima. Okay, in the process, a family that had relied on royalties from that syrup brand for 100 years lost their money. That's not right. Okay, did getting rid of Aunt Jemima address any of the real issues facing the black community? The answer would be no. I mean, when you really think about it, okay, high crime rates that are the end result of a defund the police movement have spiked the black murder rate by 30%. I don't know that you can combat that by changing a syrup logo. Okay, when you talk about school choice... Probably the number one issue facing the black community in terms of upward mobility is the fact that Democrats are so beholden to the teachers unions that they won't offer the black community school choice. They fight it at every turn, which means kids have to stay in failing schools. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And all of the Democrats voting against it, and you do need to know this, oh, school choice, come on, blah. It's because their biggest lobbying constituency is the teachers' unions. But understand every single one of the Democrats that opposes school choice has the money and the wherewithal to stick their kids in private schools. And all of them do. That's the scam. So when it comes to like Martin Luther King Day, the Democrats are like, yeah, we're the to- you know, party of tolerance and inclusion and lifting up the community. <laughs> Dude, not even a little. Okay, if you look at the damage defund the police did to the black community, if you look at the damage school choice does to the black community or the lack thereof, if you look at the damage inflation is doing to the black community, if you look at the indifference to the southern border and now migrants who are in this country illegally, are now being prioritized for government resources over people in every single community that actually need them. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. But that's how it works. Democrats now just yell racism for political gain. They want to make money. They want to get votes. That's what it is. Climate change is racist. Please give us money. Ah, look at COVID. Look at a... Look at the, you know, the stats on cut. That's racist. Please give us money. I mean, look what they did with Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake was a black man. Okay. He showed up and sexually assaulted a black woman who had an order of protection against him. Pulled out a knife, sexually assaulted her in front of the kid. He then attempted to abduct the kid. Okay. The cops showed up, got in a violent struggle with Jacob Blake. And they shot him. Okay, and the Democrats, including Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, visited him in the hospital in the summer of 20 to further the anti-police rhetoric because they wanted you to believe they were the ones on the side of the black community. Wrong. Dude, if you want to help the black community, you don't take the side 
that wants woke bail reforms that lets violent criminals out of jail earlier. You want to know why? Because when you look at the high rates of criminal recidivism, 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So if you're doing what the Democrats did, which is hooking up a guy like Jacob Blake at the expense of his actual victim, by default, you're harming the law-abiding members of the black community. Correct the mundo. Think about that. The Democrats set up a GoFundMe for Jacob Blake. Abducted a woman, uh, you know, tried to abduct a child at knife point, sexually assaulted a woman, fought the cops, was shot. A GoFundMe goes up for the perpetrator. Does anybody have a GoFundMe cooking for the woman? The answer would be no. I don't even know her name. Okay, and I'm telling you, that's a bad way to be. But especially if you are a party and you are a country that espouses, you know, equality and wants that rising tide that lifts all boats. Okay, we're not perfect. I say it every day on the show. Okay, but you're never going to get there if you don't acknowledge how much progress we have made to get here. And when I watch something like Martin Luther King Day unfold, I'm obviously really thankful for his contributions and all the brave heroes who did fight and protest and risk jail and death to get us where we are, which is a fully integrated society that has become the most tolerant and inclusive society on the world, in the world. And I think Martin Luther King is very much seeing his dream realized where we are living in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And everyone seems to know that except the Democratic Party. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the, it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Martin Luther King Day. We are honor, honoring the legacy of the late, great Dr. King. Uh, some of us going a little too far. Uh, and to be clear, you can never go far enough in your adulation for what Dr. King did and the change he fought for in the world. But you can in terms of making up crap. Here is Joe Biden yesterday down in Atlanta speaking at the late, great Dr. King's church, claiming uh, that he grew up going to black church in Delaware. It's clip two. 
Unless they want thing to rest. I may be a practicing Catholic. We used to go to 7.30 Mass every morning in high school and then in college before I went to the black church. Not a joke. Andy knows this. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. So if you remember, Joe Biden told us he grew up in the Puerto Rican community. Mm. Now he claims he went to black church. Mm. Okay, Joe Biden, man, it's just it's so crazy because he campaigns as if there's no such thing as like video. He campaigns as if there's no such thing as like recording devices that can verify that what you've previously said makes what you're saying now demonstrably false. Okay, and understand what Joe Biden has previously said when it comes to race is what kind of assures you that he didn't go up, grow up going to black church. Okay, Joe Biden was the guy who fought with all the fiber in his being during the 70s to oppose integrated school busing. So much so that when Kamala Harris was running for president, she was the one who kneecapped Biden on the on the stage said, you know, one of the candidates up here fought tooth and nail to stop integrated schools. And a little girl was able to ride a school bus because his efforts failed. And that little girl was me. That's what Kamala said on stage. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> Brought down the house. She got all kinds of cheers. Oh, she called Biden a racist. Yay. And then when that debate was over, if you remember... She said she believed Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid, and got more applause for that. Oh, she said he's a rapist and a racist. Yay! And then, of course, she dropped out because she was polling behind ISIS. But Joe Biden called up and was like, how'd you like to be vice president? And they were like, come on down! And she took the gig. Just weeks after calling a guy a rapist and a racist, He offered her a gig. She couldn't sign up fast enough. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Hard to argue otherwise. But that's one of the biggest problems facing this party right now is they just have so many fraudulent people in charge that just keep engaging in these exercises in projection. You know, and what really is the Joe Biden document scandal that we're about to get into in the next break? but an exercise in projection. You know, oh, anybody who mishandles classified information should die in prison. That's what they were saying, you know, two weeks ago. Then a week ago, we found classified documents all over Biden's house, his office, his garage. And now the standard has changed from, well, mishandling class information is fine. As long as you, you know, return the FBI's emails quick enough. The critics have... Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing the Chevy Corvette Joe Biden edition. A car that's so high tech, the owner's manual is classified. People know I take classified documents, classified materials seriously. Any sports car can get you in trouble with the cops, but the Biden Corvette will get you in trouble with the FBI. I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say. You'll never worry about tire pressure again because the Biden Corvette keeps inflation sky high. It's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. And its sleek design will leave you extra space in your garage for government documents. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've 
My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. The Chevy Corvette Biden edition. The first car to go from zero to special counsel in 3.8 seconds. There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And the heat is turning up on Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So Biden's lawyers over the weekend. This is fascinating. We're going to be talking about this with Harmeet Dillon. She is, of course, a superstar attorney, candidate to be the next RNC chair uh, in the Republican Party. But she's going to be stopping by uh, to weigh in on the fact that Biden's attorneys are the ones searching for these classified documents now. After the story uh, unfolded last week in a pretty haphazard manner. Okay, we went from... We conducted an investigation, and there are no more documents. That is a fact check false. Then they got out there the next day, and they were like, fine, one more, but there are no more documents. That is a fact check false. Okay, they have now unearthed a third trove of documents. And a lot of people are asking the question of why, why, if they continue to be wrong, or at least misleading when it comes to the public rollout of this information, are they being allowed to continue Uh, you know, their roles as the heads of this investigation. We now have an FBI special counsel. Why is the FBI not doing a full on, I don't don't want to call it a raid. They don't have to do what they did with Trump, with the guns drawn and the news cameras. I'm not saying that should be the standard. I think that was disgusting. And you don't want to become the thing you hate. But that being said, you know, the Biden administration is still the ones rolling out this information, and they've misled us at every turn. So it's hard to see why their lawyers should be trusted to be making this case. I think he's got a point. You know, the newest revelation is the lawyers found documents over the weekend and immediately stopped looking at what was on them because they knew they were classified and they knew it was their right not to know. So they didn't read another sentence. Come on, don't bullshit. No, that's the latest. I'll read this to you. The White House announced Saturday that aides to President Biden found five additional classified documents on Thursday at his Wilmington home. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I would say. Okay, this was just on this Thursday, which you understand the timeline of this. I mean, we're being lied to. I don't know why. I'm going to give you some theories. You know, there's a lot of people out there just thinking they're done with Biden. They want to railroad him. They want to get him out of town. The Democrats need new blood in 2024. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But the point is, one way or the other, the rollout of this has been terrible. Okay, last week, if you remember, we were getting yelled at by the Joe Scarboroughs and Mika Brzezinski's of the world. I mean, they hate each other. It's fascinating stuff. Mika Brzezinski told us last week that Republicans were too stupid to understand the differences between Trump's document situation and Biden's. Okay, the only real difference, if we're being clear in the eyes of the media, is the Republican R next to Trump's name and the Democrat D next to Biden's name. That's at least what the standard was a week ago, because the only argument they could make after a fall spent calling for Trump to be permanently barred from office and to spend the rest of his life in prison. Anyone who, you know, mishandles classified information is a threat to democracy. It's a threat to national security. We can't have him anywhere near office. And then we found out Biden also mishandled classified documents, and the argument became, well, it's not whether or not you classify them. It's that Trump dragged his feet getting back to the FBI, and Biden got back to them right away. So Biden clearly has nothing to hide. Yo, that is clown stuff. Okay, let me give you this. 
okay? Because if mishandling classified information is like an existential threat to the country, and to be clear, I don't take a partisan position on this. If somebody endangered the well-being of you and me and Jenny and Lincoln uh, by mishandling really sensitive, critical classified information, I'd want all of them held to the highest standards of our law. It's not supposed to be an either-or. That's why the country's as screwed up as it is. So last week when the news broke and the memo hadn't gone out yet, Okay, most of the media was still in either or mode. They were trying to convince you that somehow there was a big difference between what Trump did and what Biden did. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are because they've changed their positions dramatically. Here is Joe Scarborough last uh, the, the 11th. It was the 11th, right? So it was Thursday mocking any conservatives who are trying to draw a parallel between Trump mishandling information and Biden mishandling information. This is Scarborough last Thursday. And then I will play you what he said today. But here we go. And I apologize, but I do have to play you two clips from the Joe Scarborough show. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Now, before I play these clips, just a quick little buffer. I want you to understand what's gone on here. Okay, Joe Biden has been caught with highly sensitive, (laughs) highly sensitive, highly sensitive documents. Do you speak in English? (laughs) Joe Biden has been caught with highly sensitive documents in his office at the University of Pennsylvania. This is significant. Why? Because the actual decree for handling classified information stipulates two things. Okay, one is that it must be stored in a specially curated government room. Okay, hard copy classified documents must be stored inside a specially created government skiff, a room that has been designed and secured specifically for the purpose. Two, while in that skiff, it must remain It should also be put inside a specially designed government briefcase that's used for transportation. Nylon double binded has a lock and key documents inside this briefcase cannot be opened outside of a skiff. So it not only has to be in a protective briefcase, but it has to be in a briefcase that's inside this room. Okay, Joe Biden had it on the floor of his garage next to his Corvette in an unsecured location. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And it's not only stupid, but I want you to understand why this is so delicious to people who just like watching the left cannibalize themselves. It's not delicious in the sense that, hey, our country could be in danger. I don't like that. I don't take joy in that. I don't ever want to see a president fail because I didn't vote for them because as they go, we go. So I'm not one of these guys that gets out of bed hoping the country goes through hell for four years under Biden so we can get a Republican back into power. I think that type of politics is disgusting and really short-sighted. I mean, the good news is, though, if you are the kind of person who got out of bed hoping the country would go to hell under Biden so you can get a Republican back, you're well on your way. I agree with that. But remember, when Biden got back into the Oval Office, the first thing the media did, the first thing they did, was tell us the adults were back in the room. As we're finding classified information, 
on the floor of Biden's garage as we're finding classified information at the University of Pennsylvania, a university that, oh, by the way, got over $30 million in donations from the Chinese Communist Party. Something tells me if you donate $30 million, you can get inside the room and see whatever the hell you want to see. But we can debate that another time. The fact remains we were told the adults are back in the room. Okay, the adults have spiked inflation by 40 to a 40 year high. The adults have left the border wide open. The adults retreated from Afghanistan with our tail between our legs. The adults are presiding over a historic spike in the murder rate. And now the adults are found to have left classified documents all over the state of Delaware and Pennsylvania. Listen to this montage. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just <laughs> simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a <laughs> sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. Woo! The adults are back in the room, everybody! Can you feel the magic? I'm telling you, straight clown stuff. Straight clown stuff. So as Joe Scarborough gets on the mic here and starts screaming about there's no equivalence between Trump and Biden, understand, Biden's is much worse. Much, 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 much worse. Donald Trump, for whatever you think of the guy, I don't care if you like him, I don't care if you hate him. It's not my job. Donald Trump's a billionaire. He's got a supermodel wife. Hubba, hubba. But the point is he's not counting on little Jimmy to defend him, okay? But Donald Trump's classified documents were at his home, surrounded by 24-hour Secret Service protection at all times. Joe Biden's just spent six years on the floor of his garage and in various locations throughout Delaware and Pennsylvania. Oh, by the way, his son lived in the home where the documents were found. You know, the son with a drug addiction, anyone who knows anything about addiction, and how terrible and toxic it can be, knows that an addict will do anything, anything to get their hands on money. So you're going to tell me we got classified documents laying around and the guy living in that house who has sold influence in our government and traded off his father's name and shady foreign oligarchs wouldn't have, I don't know, maybe taken some of those documents down to the Kinkos for a photocopy? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Yeah, how could you ever believe that? But here is Scarborough last week trying to tell us you know, nothing to see here. Clip 16. So on these docs, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Because Trump had docs. Biden has Trump. First question. Vice uh, so did Joe Biden's lawyers lie to the FBI and the DOJ about actually having all the documents returned to them? Did you, did you do that? No, they did not. As soon as they discovered that there were these documents in this think tank uh, associated with Joe Biden, uh, they then notified uh, the yeah, federal yeah, government. But, 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 but the DOJ, obviously, just like in the Trump case, so they had to go into long, drawn-out negotiations, right, to try to get these Biden documents back like they did in the Trump case. Long, drawn-out <laughs> negotiations over months. They had to do that, right? I Actually, Joe, no, they didn't. Uh, the Biden team turned over the documents the very next day after they discovered them. That was embarrassing. Understand. I mean, to be clear, everything they're saying in the statement is also wrong because they were operating on Thursday 
in a vacuum of which there were no more classified documents to come. They were, you know, they were conversing in a vacuum where the Biden administration was honest with us in the FBI in saying these are the documents. We didn't store them anywhere else but here. Okay, so understand what we now know since him making that statement. If you're a self-respecting person, which obviously Joe Scarborough is, and I mean, if you knew the level of hatred that man has for himself and Mika has for himself. I know everybody in the media. They hate themselves. They hate each other. It's very difficult. It's why they hate Trump supporters as much as they do. It's so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Bingo. But even a self-hating person as loathsome as Joe Scarborough can realize that it's not expedient for him as someone who's trying to be taken seriously if he just sits here and continues to blindly support Biden and the initial position he took on these documents, because now we've come to find out they have lied, they have misled, and it's been an all-around messaging disaster, not to mention it is a security threat to our country. And I'm going to play you dozens of clips of Democrats saying exactly that, but here's Joe Scarborough trying to clean up the mess this morning that he made last week, clip 15. What's going on here? Uh, the... the the, the stumbling and bumbling around over the past month or so has been pretty extraordinary. In a couple uh, of weeks. Uh, well, since November, when they when they first started discovering these documents, and you know they they keep you know they'll have a press conference and say, well, we really uh, we think that's it. We don't think there are any more. They don't know. Or they haven't known what, what what's happened here. What what I guess. Again, transparency, I think, works best for the Biden administration and works best for Biden himself because they find the documents, they report it immediately. A far different situation mm. than Donald Trump's. Anybody who says it's not is a political hack. <laughs> it's very clear. Uh, it's very clear to see politically and legally that there is a huge difference in the two cases. And yet Biden's own worst enemy has been the way Biden's uh, staff and the way the Biden team has run this. I mean, man. Don't you have any respect for yourself? None. Not even a little. Okay, but at least he's starting his own drip, drip version of abandoning Joe Biden on how this has been handled. He still can't let go of the broadcast umbilical cord, which is to work Trump into every conversation and say he's bad and Biden's good. Okay, the reality is the law. Okay, if you break the law, your case is not impacted by what some other guy on the other side of the country did with that law. If I'm driving home tonight, okay, and I get so boozed up that I hit a pond, okay, they're not going to let me go based on what some other guy did on the other side of the country, okay? If, the, if justice is blind, okay, and we're going to apply it equally— then Joe Biden is in as bad of a situation as Donald Trump, if not worse, because Donald Trump had the power to declassify information as president. Joe Biden did not. And oh, by the way, classified or not, in none of the handing manuals do they say, leave it in your garage next to the car.
special counsel's on Cause he had some dogs locked in his office in this car garage too The law says it's not alright It could be time to indict and you say Biden is really screwed Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valen. Happy he birthday the name. to you. <laughs> oh, no. Joe Biden singing happy birthday to a member of Martin Luther King's family and forgot the woman's name in the middle of the song. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And we'll explain why the Democrats are trying to put him there in the next hour on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Harmy Dillon is going to be here. She is, of course, uh, campaigning hard to be the next chair of the Republican National Committee, hoping to remove Rona McDaniel, the woman who led the red wave uh, in the midterm elections that weren't. Uh, Republicans did take back control of the House, did not quite come back with control of the Senate as predicted. You gotta do better than that. That's the message of Harmy Dillon, and she will stop by to share it with you in this hour. She will, of course, also offer her legal expertise as it pertains to Joe Biden's mishandling of classified information. Uh, a situation that has gone from, well, we only had it in his office at the University of Pennsylvania. That's the only place we had documents. <laughs> then we were told on Friday, well, we only had it in the garage on the floor next to the Corvette. <laughs> now we were told on Saturday that they found additional classified information in a third location. And we are now standing by for even more updates because who the hell knows? I mean, who the hell knows? The point is, if it's considered a crime to have classified information outside of specially government-secured areas, there can be no debate that Joe Biden broke that law. Tell it like it is. Now, there's been a big, you know, back and forth over Trump and Biden and Trump's was worse because he slow-rolled the feds and blah. The key distinction is that Trump was the president of the United States of America. Presidents have the power to declassify documents. 
Biden's documents pertain to his time as Barack Obama's vice president. He spent eight years working underneath the guy. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And now, just to be clear, can the vice president declassify documents? The answer would be no. So we're already, if we're doing this honestly, in a really bad spot for the Bidens. That being said, and I've told you this from word one, I don't believe either anyone's going to jail. Like they're not going to charge Trump, and they pretty much can't. Because if you charge Trump, you got to charge Biden. And if you charge Biden, how the hell do you justify not charging the woman who destroyed 33,000 classified you know, emails on her private server? This is not okay. Yes, that's what they said. She destroyed it. With bleach bit, or I think it was hot sauce. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. But the point being is we've seen classified information mishandled a multitude of times over the years. People have gone to jail for it. Uh, But the one thing everybody in jail has in common uh, is that none of them were elected officials in our government. (laughs) Meaning two sets of laws, two-tier justice system. If you you mishandle classified information, you're going up the river. Okay, if they mishandle classified information, that's not going anywhere. So what makes this so rich is they were yelling and screaming in August when the Trump story broke that this was it. Donald, wait, what? He had classified information at his house. He should be behind bars. That was the take, except for the MSNBC historian Michael Beschloss, who posted a picture of the Rosenbergs, the family that was executed for selling classified information to the Russians in 1953. He suggested that Donald Trump be executed. I mean, disgusting is what was going on there, but that's Michael Beschloss. This guy's a serious ass. Is he ever? But now that the shoe is officially on the other foot, obviously they're now backtracking and telling you it's not about mishandling, it's about how you interact with the feds and one is not the other. Okay, but the fact remains, if justice is being applied evenly, then Joe Biden's in a really bad spot. But they're going out of their way in the media, in some camps anyway. They haven't got the memo. Like all the people last week who said what Biden did was fine, a lot of, like the Joe Scarboroughs of the world, I played you their clips in the last hour, they flat out admitted, okay, it wasn't fine. But Jamie Raskin, uh, if ever there was a weapons-grade hypocrite in politics, it is Jamie Raskin. I'm going to play you his clip really quick. Understand who Jamie Raskin is. And he is battling um, a form of a cancer diagnosis, so I wish him no physical ill will and only want the best for him and his family. But as for his politics, they're garbage. Jamie Raskin headed up the January 6th impeachment effort, the claim being you can't challenge the legitimacy of an election in the electoral college certification process because that's a threat to democracy. That's undermining faith in our institutions. It could lead to all kinds of chaos in the streets. That was Jamie Raskin's claim. That's the charge he led. Jamie Raskin, just so you understand, did exactly that in 2016. He objected to the certification of the electoral vote count in the very first state on the ballot. This is politics as usual. And then turned around four years later and was like, oh, hell no. You can't be challenging the certification. And that's who Jamie Raskin is. So here he is on CNN over the weekend. He's making the rounds. and CNN is the worst. But he's right up there with him because he wants you to believe the Trump situation and the Biden situation is apples and oranges. It's clip 11. Wasn't Biden totally irresponsible with classified information? And aren't we right to wonder, to use Biden's words, quote, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? 
Well, and I think we'll get to the bottom of all of that. I mean, that's why special counsel uh, has been appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland. He did the right thing there to look into it. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we will keep a sense of symmetry about our analysis of these situations and a sense of proportion about the underlying offenses. There's some people who are trying to compare uh, having a government document um, that should no longer be in your possession to inciting uh, a violent insurrection against the government of the United States. And those are obviously completely different things. That's apples and oranges. So we should keep a, a sense of proportion and measure about what we're talking about. You don't have a clue. I mean, let's really think about that for a second. That is so embarrassing. Is it ever? Okay. When he says the words to you, there are some people trying to compare, having a document. Oh, listen, his response to Jake Tapper was, you know, I think we'll get to the bottom of whether or not Biden compromised sources and methods. He doesn't know. You understand? If you don't know... In what world can you get in front of a TV camera and tell you that what Biden did is better than what Trump did? You have no idea what Biden did. What you do know is that Biden's son is credibly accused by his former business partner, a man who put his name on the accusation, a man who put his name on the emails, a man who put his name on the banking uh, slips, which, oh, by the way, Hunter Biden was flagged over 157 times for suspicious banking activity when Barack Obama was president. Hunter's a dirtbag. Hunter Biden, who was flagged for suspicious activity by the Biden by the Obama Treasury Department, is accused by his business partner of selling influence in Ukraine and giving 10% of the money to his dad, Joe Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? So just based on that alone, in what world can you tell me that you know the Biden thing wasn't a big deal. You have no idea. The only thing you know is that the Bidens have a history of trading on their names and selling access to our government, which is why the possibility that they would take classified information outside of a protected zone represents a bigger, okay, if we're playing the hand blind and we don't know what's in any of these documents, Trump's or Biden's, at the very least, the Biden threat is bigger because we don't have a case history of Donald Trump selling influence to foreign governments through a drug-addled son, an addict who would do anything to get their hands on money, as anyone who struggled with addiction will tell you, okay? People are willing to do anything when they're addicted to drug. People will turn tricks to get drug money. I love it when you talk dirty. The point is, okay, for you to get on TV and say, no, it's no big deal. I mean, the Trump, January 6th, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Shut up, will you shut up? Bottom line. Even Pam knows. Pam is in Jupiter, Florida, and she knows things. Yo, Pam, where are you at, girlfriend? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Oh, my God, I miss you. Oh, I know. I'm you gonna... have been looking so good. I've been seeing you all over TV, oh. and you look great, Jimmy. You really do. Pam. You're looking good. You're going to laugh. I don't mean to, like, piggyback onto your compliment with another compliment of myself, but me and my <laughs> producer, Mikey, were just going down to the bathroom during the commercial break to snort a couple of Percocets. And uh, we, we we ran into a prominent Fox executive who was like, wow, you're trimming down. You look like you're in shape on TV. And you want to know what it, what it really is, Pam, is, uh, yeah, I'm just on the baggy shirt diet. If you buy a bigger shirt, it thins out your face. Why go to the gym you when you can go good. to Jason? Oh, I can tell Pam. by your face. Oh, but Pam. Listen, I'm so glad that you picked me up when you did because exactly what you said. Listen. 
an alcoholic will steal your money, a drug addict will steal your money, and then help you look for it, okay? <laughs> so freaking Hunter Biden being around that stuff, I mean, shouldn't we all be worried about that? This is yep. insane. Plus, uh, I'm sure Trump's documents were in a skiff, like you explained before. Mm. It was that room. It was made for those documents, or that's what they mm. had in Listen. there. All of the documents mm-hmm. that were padlocked that the CIA and the FBI and everybody else knew about. Mm-hmm. They knew that those documents were there. So how you could even compare the two. But nothing's going to happen to him. No. Nothing's going to happen to him. No, I, I think if anything, there was uh, – of all places on CNN, the legal analyst the other day said, if anything, Biden just made it harder to charge Trump. And everyone on CNN just was like, get this guy off the air. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. no, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I don't know that anything will happen per se. But their whole argument of, like, Trump is a danger to this country goes out the window because, like, Trump had documents in a house that has 24-hour secret service protection. Right. So whether it's in a— And it probably was a skip. Well, I'm even if it sure wasn't. It was I, I, I don't know if it was. But the government asked him to padlock the the stuff right. he had, which was which they did. They complied with that. Right. But then as yeah. the government found more documents, they're like, oh, hell no, we're going in with the FBI. So a lot of people right. do think this is a two-tier justice system when they don't raid mm-hmm, Biden. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand yes, Biden is, is yes, currently is. in office, so it's a tough thing. It's a tough image to project to the world. But based on what we know about the Bidens and their history of doing shady overseas business, I think we should all be concerned. So it's going to be Absolutely. interesting. Let me Absolutely. ask you this, Pam. Absolutely. Well, yeah. While I got yeah, you yeah, on yeah. the line, okay? Do you think, as uh, some people have said, that the Democrats are secretly thrilled this is going on because they don't want Biden running in 2024? Yes, absolutely. I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. Are you you telling me are you telling me that Hillary leaked these documents? (laughs) Who do you think did it? I mean, it's such a big, convoluted mess. Like, I just wish I hope that the Republicans are going to get to do what they're supposed to be doing and Mm. get to work and yeah figure this all out mm-hmm. i'm just sitting down here in jupiter florida in my yellow polka dot bikini Ooh, this is hot should i be charging you you charging me <laughs> 2.99 a minute but for you the... look you look great jimmy Whoa. and your show is fantastic i agree with everything that you said today well listen you had you had the perverts on my show at yellow polka dot bikini so leave now while you're on top okay <laughs> pam you the best i miss you okay. ready see you babe there she goes the great pam uh, Teresa's out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hopefully, she's not as scantily clad as Pam is, my lord. Hi. Oh, it's too cold. Too cold in Michigan for. Yeah, I was gonna say you right get now. combat credit for that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, you know the comment I want to make, and maybe it's too early for this, mm-hmm. but you know we're hearing you know Hillary Clinton did this, and Donald Trump did this, and now Bill uh, Biden. Biden. At what? What point are we becoming desensitized to this? Yeah. Everybody's doing it. So, you know, does that bar get lowered? I agree with everything that you said about, Mm. you know, being right and wrong. Yeah. And it should be held at that. Mm -hmm. But what does the average American person, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the average political consumer basically just thinks the guy who did it in their party is perfect and the guy who did it in the other party should go to jail. It's unfortunate because <laughs> we take this yeah. we keep taking this like either or approach. But the truth is uh, it's it's closer to what you were just saying, which is that if someone broke the law, it should be applied evenly. It's not going to. And well, we know that's yeah, not the case. Yeah, of course. So what I, what I think what happened to the Democrats, they got put in a bad spot here because. 
when they went in and raided Trump in Mar-a-Lago, they made a really big deal out of something that probably happens a lot, meaning when people mm-hmm. leave the White House, it's not like you're checking out of a La Quinta and you pack your own suitcase and get to the airport. It's, you mm-hmm. know, you have dozens and dozens of aides boxing up all of your possessions and sending them to wherever you happen to be going next. So it's very likely that your last 20 presidents in some capacity have left the White House with classified info. But it wasn't until Trump had it and they decided to turn this into a capital offense that they raised, you know, the bar and the intensity meter on doing this, which is why, like, if we had never found this stuff in Trump's possession, the FBI never raided his house. And we found out last week Biden had a few documents in his office. The story would have been over in like three hours. But they Uh made such a big deal about Trump that now I think the media is holding them to their own standards, which is kind of funny. But I don't think it'll go anywhere. I think we're, you know, a few weeks away. I don't think so either. But so you think that this whole news cycle is different because of the Trump raid? Yeah, that's what they 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 took the bar. They dialed it up to 11, as they say, in Spinal Tap. And Biden himself piggybacked on that because it was before the midterms and said, how could he be so reckless? No one who does that should be allowed near office again. And now we find out the guy who said that about Trump had documents on the floor of his garage next to the motor oil and the rag that you wax the fenders with. So it's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. I'm going to lose you to a commercial break, but I, I do think this was a stellar call. And I applaud you for dressing like an adult, unlike Pam. Be well, Teresa. I'll see you soon, girlfriend. Back after this. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got Harmy Dillon coming up. Also going to have a grown-up conversation on the back end of this here radio program with the great Wesley Hunt, superstar congressman from the great state of Texas. But their opening act is out in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, William joins the party. Yo, William. Yo, yo, party, party. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking my call. Sure, sure. Um, I, I'm not sure what the screener's name is. Um, oh, Mikey. Nice guys. Nice, yeah, Mike. Nice guy sometimes. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you, you must have caught um, him in between six packs, but continue. Well, there we go. So I was talking to Brian Kilmey this morning, and you know, one of the things I brought up to him said the same thing just now to Mike was, I truly believe that the Democrats are behind this uh-huh. to get him out of the way. It's just, I mean, who's number one, who's fine? How are these guys going to all these different places, these so-called attorneys? They're going to all these different locations and, oh, lo and behold, finding it here. Oops, we found some more over here. Oh, we found even more here. So I, I think that maybe if nothing else, maybe some law enforcement agencies have some jobs for these guys to take care of some unsolved mysteries or some un- unsolved crimes or whatever. I mean, these guys are, are good. Yeah, they're getting it done. I mean, a lot of people, a lot. This, this is what I would concede. I don't know that this is an inside job, but I do know the lot, a lot of Democrats are thrilled that whatever this job is, it's happening in the way that it is because they don't want him running again, obviously. Uh, he's very unpopular with his own party. So whether this turns out to just be a wonderful case of coincidence yeah. or, or what you're alluding to one way or the other, I think the end result is going to be the same. I think Biden is finished. Because it's really hard to run, you know, when they have all the issues with his age, compounded by the fact that he seems as reckless as he was with information. It's like, how could you get out there and say this guy could do this for another four years? 
Well, and, and then again, what else are we going to find at that point as well? So yeah. um, I, I also look at it and I'm going, okay, so this guy that's running our country, to your point, doesn't typically know what day it is. He couldn't remember um, Dr. Martin Luther King's, what was it? Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It, I mean, it wasn't pretty. Uh, this no, call was pretty. I, I thought it was great. I'm going to lose you at a commercial break. But what William was saying was... Biden's lost his marbles. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action on Fox Across America and fired up to talk to this next guest, who is not only the CEO and founder of the Center for American Liberty and co-chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association. Uh, She could very well be the next head of the RNC. And I think there's no finer credential to be in a position of power like that than the fact that I can declare confidently she has never left classified information in the garage next to her car. Harmie Dillon joins us to confirm or deny those allegations. Hello. Hi. How are you, Jimmy? Good. Uh, Is the garage clean or do you have classified docs next to the vet? Uh, I don't have a vet. I, I drive a very old uh, 22-year-old car, and there's nothing but old paint cans, drying up paint cans in our garage right now. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, have you not been fascinated as an attorney by this story, if only because it seems as if his attorneys are still the ones rounding up the documents? And I, I, I guess from a legal standpoint, doesn't that seem a little dubious this far along? Well, absolutely. But we can see the double standard here a mile away. That doesn't surprise me. But, uh, you know, for all of the people who are jumping up and down about national security and Russians and all of that, you literally have somebody in the form of Hunter Biden, first of all, paying his dad a obscene money laundering level $50,000 a month to rent that property where these documents have been found. Mm -hmm. And he is intimately tied in multiple ways to Russia, oligarch in Moscow, to the Ukraine, Burisma, to China. I mean, God knows how many other countries. And so this is a legitimate, clear and present threat in the home of the president. And people are like, shrug, okay, whatever. Let's let his lawyers, you know, go through the motions. Tisk, tisk. He should be more careful. No, I really have some serious questions about this and the rest of the country should too. I mean, rightfully so, because when you think about it, just to break it down to a level everyone can probably relate to, we've all heard of, hey, if you're going to be an adult living with your parents, they make you kick in for like utilities and stuff. When your parents are making you kick in, not for the heating bill, but $50,000 a month, which is an insane rental number, okay, you're now speaking to what you had mentioned, which it does sound like a money laundering level level of contribution, uh, because there's nothing on the rental market that would comp that in that area. There's nothing. And I know this is a big, nice house, but you can't point to comps in the area that even go for 15000 a month, let alone fifty. So are you almost, I mean, not assuming, but are you almost concerned that this rental deal became kind of like a redistribution effort from some of the money that was coming in? I'm not almost concerned about it. I'm saying it. Oh, and wow. by the way, in my culture, your parents don't charge you for rent. That's just old-fashioned <laughs> that way. But, you know, if you're the yeah. pathetic kid who can't get it off your feet, they kind of hide you in a back room and <laughs> take care of you. They don't charge you. <laughs> Oligarch money, you know? So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm laughing. Harmony Dillon is on the line. 
And uh, we're having a grown-up talk about all things uh, classified information and Hunter Biden and everything in the world. Isn't it kind of funny, though? Because there's been this weird reshuffling of the deck in that two weeks ago we were told if you mishandled classified information, you should die in prison. Now we're being told mishandling it is fine as long as you get back to the FBI quick enough. Do the people taking that position not realize that they are kind of endangering the country by not looking for an equal application of the law? Well, look, I think we're in a post-hypocrisy world. It used to be the case that you could point out these kinds of things and people would be embarrassed by their inconsistencies. No, no, that ship has sailed. Democrats are perfectly comfortable with uh, what we politely call cognitive dissonance and Mm -hmm. what is also known as being two-faced and and dishonest. And so – you know, but but it does raise a bigger issue. I, I and I ha, I am of two minds as more of a libertarian. Mm-hmm. I actually think that there is gross overuse of classification, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to downplay what what Biden has done because he's legitimately uh, compromised. I think given the number of foreign assets who are floating in and out of his universe. But setting that aside, in the general scheme of things, these sort of you know this this sort of cult of of, of classifications and of the security state that, that has its priests and it has its rituals, I think is, is un-American at a certain degree. And so I think these things should really be more evaluated and more strictly held. Who knows if those documents are really anything? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I just know that people give themselves importance by putting markings on paper. It's, mm. it's kind of it's kind of silly in some ways when you see what, what they call classified. When you, when you do a public records act request, which I do quite mm. a bit, in my world as a civil rights lawyer, mm-hmm. and you see the things that government marks as sensitive, you get you get pages that are blacked out over stuff about whether mm-hmm. they had any science to support mask mandates. Yeah, it's just silly. And so I actually do think a broader conversation about all of that is due. But what sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. If you Democrats and you Democrat lawyers out there who say that this is some kind of horror that President Trump, who had the right under federal law to declassify documents, the absolute right, and secondly, had the right under the Presidential Records Act to retain documents and review them for a period of years after he left the White House. If you made fuss about that and an FBI raid was appropriate in that situation, you must explain why the same is not true in this situation. Now documents have been found in three places. We all know these Bidens are floating around and sleeping on everybody's couch. So there are probably a dozen other places they should be looking for documents, too. And and why aren't they? What prompted this? Why didn't we hear about it before the midterm election? We know the answer to affect the outcome of that election. It's a really great point. We're talking to Harmie Dillon, a woman who could very well be the next chair of the RNC. Uh, let me ask you this, just to, maybe a blanket statement. Did you kind of feel in the aftermath of the midterms that the party itself kind of rewarded failure by shuttling in the same leadership and making a case to keep Rona McDaniel, seeing as in the eyes, I think, of every voter, they did underachieve in the midterms? Well, look, I'm going to do a bit of self-reflection here. Mm-hmm. Our party should have changed leadership after the 2020 election. That's a fact. And normally when a president installs somebody at the RNC and they lose, they leave out of their own initiative and decency. We didn't have that. Ronna promised us she was going to run for a third and final term. And people out of politeness and you know courtesy said, OK, fine. But, you know, in 2023, we're going to elect a new leader. And instead, come to 2023, it's a pretty cushy gig. Yeah. You get paid a significant salary. You get all kinds of perks. And you get, you know, to be a big kahuna on uh, cable news and and you know i can understand why somebody doesn't want to leave what i can understand is that of the 168 members of the republican national committee 
enough of us apparently as of today seem willing to say this leadership that has failed is fine peasants in my state i'm fine with it and you should be fine with loss too hey we knocked on more doors we turned out more voters we had more plays Mm -hmm. in the final quarter of the football game we did not move the ball but you know you should be satisfied with our effort no i'm sorry this isn't kindergarten you don't get a gold star or an a for effort you must win that is the main role of the party you must have turnover. That is healthy for any healthy organization. And so that we don't have that is problematic. But the good news is a growing number of members of the Republican National Committee have supported me. The public is supporting me. Most conservative media is supporting me. Increasing number of members of Congress are supporting us. And uh, state parties all over the country and county parties where the state parties won't do it are stepping up and endorsing change at the RNC. So in that sense, we have had a great conversation in the party about the need for accountability, mm-hmm. responsibility, strategies to win elections. All right. Well, we're talking to Harmy Dillon, and you bring up endorsements you've gotten around the country. I saw Jim Lyons, who's the chair of the Massachusetts Republican Party, uh, you know, in endorsing you, he said the RNC didn't build a machine in the last few cycles uh, to win that game in the fourth quarter, as you described. So I guess my question to you is, what can be done differently? Um, you know, what what could a Harmie Dillon do that a Rona McDaniel didn't do so we don't wind up in this position in 2024? Well, excellent question. So first of all, there needs to be a top-to-bottom review of staff and of consultants and of, uh, of vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are two different things. We have a lot of great staff at the RNC, and I work closely with a lot of the lawyers there. They're tremendous people mm-hmm. and, and wonderful. And we have a lot of other great staff. We have some not-so-great staff. We have some people who are making tons of money double-dipping with consulting agreements as well as, you know, current or former employment agreements. And they're just not – they don't care about winning so much as about their, you know, third home in Aspen. And so that's got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, structurally – We have completely failed to keep up with the fact that the way we run elections in America is no longer election day. It's election month or election two months in many cases. And what have we done to adapt to that? Zip. So we need to have a new Department of Election Operations. That's a year-round division of the RNC at the same level of director-level status as comms and other things that we we give titles to. And that needs to be something where we, we, we develop and give the states the tools to do it. I had a great conversation with uh, with a former state chair in a state who explained exactly how, with a little bit of money and forethought, they were able to start Republicans voting early in a state several years ago, chase their ballots, uh, make sure that the, you know they that they got the data back, paid a little bit to the post office to make sure they were on top of who was getting these ballot applications and who was returning the ballots. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a lot of money, but if we're blowing our money on luxuries and on consultants who don't produce results and we're not investing that money back into the states, which is what we should be doing, we're not winning elections. And for all those Republicans out there who say, well, I'm fed up with the RNC, RNC sucks, and I'm done with them, I'm just going to give money to candidates. That's a mistake, too, because the RNC has a special role under campaign finance law. We're able to raise money in chunks of over $700,000 per individual per year, We're the only entity in the national ecosystem that's able to share data with states and with candidates legally. And and if we don't have a vibrant RNC able to do that, we're simply conceding everything to the Democrats. And so RNC, however, is necessary but not sufficient. We also need strong and vibrant state parties. We need PACs. We need our billionaires like like the George Soros's of the right. We need them to step up and play in races and help us win. There are many things needed, but I can tell you that none of those things are going to happen if we simply smile 
and say the status quo is just fine. The status quo is not fine, Jimmy. No, I, I listen, I would agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, I think if you spend time talking to the average voter, you know, they even enjoyed the fact that the House speaker process took as long as it did, if for no other reason than just to make Washington uncomfortable, you know, because we're in this position right now where they're just it really feels like people aren't being heard like you're listening. I understand. I've seen all your appearances. I you know, I, I follow you on social media. You're listening to what the voters are saying. And I think those are the two keys to turning out elections is not what they prioritize as an establishment in D.C., but what the voters care about. And then, yes, the other point you made, which is that Election Day just goes on forever now. So this is my question as a California, as a Californian, if the 49ers lose in the playoffs, do they get an extra week to count the mail in points or how does that work? Well, no. I mean, obviously, we have rules in some parts of our world. In other parts, Democrats have successfully managed to change the rules, and we Republicans have not stepped up. So I've been on the RNC for six years. Mm -hmm. Before those six years, I was probably the most annoying person uh, at the RNC demanding that we do something about election integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm now currently the chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association. RNC has stepped up from doing zero to doing, you know, maybe 25 percent of what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a good, you know, that's nice. We need to be doing 150 percent of what the Democrats are doing. Okay, we can't just keep up. We must beat them. Mm -hmm. And that has to be our spirit. And that's our spirit in business. That's your spirit in this radio show. You don't want to just like uh, do 50 percent of what the competitors are doing. You want to beat them. And that needs to be our spirit. Yeah, no, believe me, I'm I'm like three contracts away from mailing it in. Right now, I care. Like if we did this interview again in like 20 years, Harmy, I might not agree with you. But yes, right now, we got to get out there and fight the ground war. We need new hungry leadership in the party. So uh, I, I'm here. You stop back any old time and, and we'll keep doing this together. Okay, pal? Thanks for having me. You're I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Good luck out there. The great Harmeet Dillon, uh, she is not having it. Says the party needs to do more. I, she's echoing Michael Keaton in the movie Gung Ho, is she not? The game, boys, is won in the fourth court. It's true. When everybody's tired, you know, you see other teams breathing out of their mouths now, taking a little longer to get back to the line of scrimmage. You don't go, well, they're a little beat up, so I guess we can slow it down too. No, what you say is charge, and that's why we need new leadership in the party. I think the strongest case to be made for Harmy Dillon is a lot of people felt like we did reward failure after the midterms. Okay, meaning, you know, McConnell, who has an approval rating of 9%, okay, a 9%, got right back into his Senate leadership position. Kevin McCarthy, okay, understand we were told if we don't confirm Kevin McCarthy immediately, we're in big trouble. We got to get going here. Come on, guys. You're holding up the border. You're holding up... Taxes, you're holding. No, you're not. Here's a news flash. I was saying it then. I'm saying it now. The Republicans are in a minority right now in Washington. In that, yes, they have oversight ability in the House. Yes, they can write bills and send them over to the Senate. But no, they can't actually change anything right now because the Democrats have the Senate and the presidency. Meaning we're writing symbolic bills right now. Hey, we defunded the IRS agents. You've heard a lot of Republicans tweeting about that online. Today we fired 87,000 IRS agents with the new bill we wrote. No, they didn't because the way government works, that bill in the House then goes over to the Senate where the Democrats have the majority. 
So the Republicans go, yeah, we defeated the 87,000. Then they slide the bill over to the Senate. and So the point is we don't need a leadership that's in the market of symbolic gestures. We need a leadership that wants to implement the type of change that will turn out votes in 2024 so Republicans can have a chance to do a lot of the things they've been campaigning on, a lot of the things you prioritize. So that's the strongest case you can make for someone like Harmeet Dillon. The challenge is, you know, if she gets into that position at the tippy top of the RNC, you know, she is still there working hand in hand with an establishment that has a storied record of running on one thing and doing another. So, listen, would I like to see her get there? Yeah, it could be a great thing for the party. But will the party keep on working as hard as we need them to? I got to be honest, man. I have a hard time believing they will, only because if you think about it, what did the Republicans do prior to Trump? They called it Obamacare, and they all campaigned for eight years on replace and repeal Obamacare. And then Trump got into office. What was the first thing he tried to attack domestically? Obamacare. And what did they tell him? Oh, we don't have a plan for that. We didn't draw anything up yet. They spent eight years running on replace and repeal Obamacare. Then when they got the ability to do so, they didn't even have a plan. This is politics as usual. So you understand, Harmie Dillon's head could very well be in the right place, and I know from talking to her and following her that it is. Unfortunately, everybody else in government that she has to work with doesn't necessarily have their head anywhere but up there you-know-what. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. A big hour coming up. Wesley Hunt's coming by from the 38th Congressional District of Texas, newly sworn in, just had a kid, you know, the whole go big or go home. My goodness gracious, Wesley Hunt, the self-proclaimed best dressed man in Congress. Wrong. I don't know. We'll take him to task on that because he talks a lot of smack on this show. Uh, If you want to talk some smack with me on the television this week, I'm going to be on the Sean Hannity show tonight, nine o'clock. I will be on America's Newsroom tomorrow morning. We had to give Bill Hemmer time to get back from the Bengals game last night. I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday, I am on with the great Harris Faulkner. And then Thursday and Friday, I am scheduled to be back on with Hannity uh, on his primetime show. But in the next hour, it's just good old-fashioned you and me on the radio doing the damn thing. And are we going to do a good job? You're damn right we are. Get focused. We'll be here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Getting ready for another hour of top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. That's what the show is, Fox Across America, with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be joined by one of my main men. Uh, the great Wesley Hunt. He is, of course, a superstar congressman from the great state of Texas, where they are being plagued by historic levels 
of border crossings under this administration. Biden sucks. But it's noteworthy because he now sucks so hard that Democratic mayors like Eric Adams right here in New York City are starting to speak out. Come on, man. Uh, no, man. We will not come on, man. We will not come on, woman, or they or them, or anybody, anywhere in between. We are going to tell it like it is for the next 60 minutes of radio excellence. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Well, it's because I got plenty of backup. I got Hunt coming in, and I've got you. Your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons. You know the deal. 888 I say every day, you can be anything you want to be on this show. I don't do like old school politics where just we cater to one worldview because the God's honest truth is, is, you know, I'm conservative, unapologetically so. But I don't want to alienate you as a liberal, and I don't think we should be working that way because reality says we're all on the same team in this country. As the country goes, we go. So we should stop living individual lives and start playing team ball. Everybody in this country thinks they are special. Nobody wants to be part of a team. Bottom line, okay, but we want to be part of a team on this show so you know how this works. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Nope. You're all welcome. As I say every day to the point of exhaustion, we'll say it again. Be a Republican, be a Democrat again and again and again and again, man. Just don't be a That is all, okay? Talking about that expletive we just beeped out really quick. Corey Coffin and Fernand Amande. What do they both have in common? They're idiots. He knows what he's talking about. Now, I don't know a lot about them, okay? You've never heard their names before. But they were on MSNBC over the weekend with a straight face. They got hair and makeup. That's how TV works. Like, you'll see me on the Sean Hannity show tonight at 9. I get hair and I get a lot of makeup. Because if they put me on TV in high definition without the makeup, oh... Ah! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is you get hair, you get makeup before you go on TV. And it gives you time to think about what you might say when you get on TV. It gives you time to, oh, I don't know. Maybe ask yourself, am I going to sound stupid? Am I going to sound crazy? Should I really say this with a straight face? Well, Corey Coffin and Fernand Amandi had plenty of time to do all of that and still got in front of a TV camera yesterday and claimed that Joe Biden's mishandling of classified information is a problem for the Republicans. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I mean, you talk about straight clown stuff. Listen to this right here. I, I, I don't doubt that when this clip was said, they were wearing size 24 shoes. I don't know how else you could say this. Straight clown stuff. Here it is, clip 12. Republicans are working the airwaves, trying to convince Americans that Biden and Trump cases are one in the same. Now, I guess the question could be, will their base buy it? It doesn't matter. They'll be voting Republican anyway. So the real question is, how damaging overall could this be for Biden and the Democrats and any uh, voters who are maybe on the fence? Oh, I don't see any damage for Biden and the Democrats. I do, however, <laughs> see a continuing problem for the non-base Republican voter who looks at this Republican Party, who talked for the last two years about what they would do when given the reins of power in American government, like the Republican majority in Congress now has, to actually do things uh, to try and fix uh, certain situations that they think needed remedied, whether it be around the economy, whether it be around gas prices, any of these elements. And yet they're engaged in the weaponization 
of the rule of law against political opponents. I think it's a fiasco for them. And I think, again, any American voter who is a non-MAGA-based voter will see this for what it is. And the more they draw this contrast and try and create what is clearly a false equivalency, Corey, I think it's going to blow up in their face. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. <laughs> I think this Biden fiasco is going to blow up in Republicans' face. Would you shut up? I mean, dude. Okay, the Democratic pitch for getting rid of Donald Trump, don't ever forget it. I played this clip before. On the day Joe Biden was declared the winner of the presidency, okay, they told us this was a good day for America. The adults were back in the room. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. Is there anything more apropos than a car sound? Because the adults back in the room were storing classified documents, not in a secured government skiff, not in something with 24-hour Secret Service protection. No, no, on the ground next to their Corvette. This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. But according to Jen Psaki, do you remember Jen Psaki? She was brought in to replace Kaylee McEnany. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Here is Jen Psaki. Okay. Hack's just going to hack, man. This is embarrassing. Okay. What Corey Coffin and Fernando Mondi on MSNBC said. Oh, no, this is bad for Republicans. Wait, Biden, the guy who's supposed to be the steady hand at the till? Leaving documents all over his house, all over the UPenn Center? By the way, his house, no Secret Service protection. His son, who is selling influence around the world and has a drug addiction. What could possibly go wrong to him having access to classified documents? Hunter's a dirtbag. But, you know, Amandi and Coffin said on MSNBC, no, no, this is a problem for Republicans. And here is Jen Psaki saying it'll work out fine for Biden because, you know, he's out there defending democracy, Joe Biden. That's what he's doing. You don't understand. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm. But she's still out there. Like, she's still the press secretary. I guess she forgot she has a gig at MSNBC now. She works in the media. You could technically just be honest and say what you believe. I promise you. I promise you. She threw up in her mouth a little bit saying what she said here in this clip. Because this is embarrassing, okay? The idea that you would go to the mattresses now and defend a guy who's just leaving this stuff all over the place, okay? When you talk about a negligence, when you talk about a dereliction of duty to protect, before you listen to this Gensaki clip, I will read it for the hundredth time, okay? The standard for protecting classified information in this country. All hard copy documents must be inside a specially created government skiff 
and within that room, they must be inside a specially designed government briefcase that's used for transportation. It comes under lock and key. It's a double-binded nylon case, and even the documents in that case can only be opened inside of a skiff, okay? Biden not only didn't have the skiff, not only didn't have the binder, they're sitting in a crate that the world saw because he filmed a campaign video where he pulled his car out of that garage. What an idiot. Okay. So these documents didn't just appear one day, as some people are alleging, as Joy Behar alleged on The View last week. They appeared when Dopey opened up his garage door and the world got a chance to see them. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here's Jen Psaki trying to make the case that, ah, one is not the other. Here it is, clip 13. On the politics, I think it's also important to note here, and maybe this speaks to the country, I have no idea, but the the, the Mar-a-Lago documents, well, as horrifying as it is, Trump's handling of them, it's not clear, or I have not seen data to suggest that that is the driving issue that has driven Republicans and independents away from him. They have run away from him because he's an outlier on, some of them, on election denial, and also because he's a loser, right? So this argument that this very different case of Biden's Mm -hmm. classified documents is going to be a political problem for him doesn't hasn't really even played out on the other side. And I think that's important to note because the difference, as you said, is who's defending democracy. And the answer to that is pretty clear. That is offensive and it is not true. Was Joe Biden defending democracy by leaving classified documents all over his house and his office? The answer would be no. Okay, China, our biggest geopolitical foe, donated over $30 million to the office Joe Biden left these documents in. That doesn't sound like you're protecting our democracy. When Joe Biden went down to Georgia and said asking for voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Does that sound like you are protecting our democracy? The answer would be no. No, would you stop it? Anytime the Democrats say something like, oh, we're protecting democracy, they're just insulating themselves, okay, from an actual debate. It's like when they yell racism, it's like, oh, racism, because they don't want to have the idea. They don't have the idea discussion. So what Jen Psaki just gave you there is, well, Biden's not in trouble because Trump hasn't lost any support with his voters. And what Biden did isn't half as bad as what Trump did. He's totally false. But that's the argument she's making. Now, to be clear, OK, Donald Trump had 24-hour Secret Service protection in Mar-a-Lago, also had the ability to declassify documents. Now, I don't know that he did declassify the documents in question. What I do know is Jen Psaki was part of a media that set the bar for mishandling classified information at prosecution and being barred from office. That's what they were fighting for when Trump was found with classified information. I think he's got a point. Okay, and the point is Jen Psaki might not work in the White House anymore, but she's behaving like she still does in that she's completely full of Saki told lies all the time covered up for hunters crimes Biden is a man who's lost all his marbles we know he ain't right and Jen was there too 
each crisis seem okay She's so dead inside Her soul was so empty Then she realized TV would pay plenty Oh, Saki Well, you came and you lied to our faces Got a giant payday Oh, Saki Well, you covered for Biden's disgraces Now you're going away, oh Saki It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Wesley Hunt from the great state of Texas in the next break. He will undoubtedly weigh in on the immigration issue, plaguing not just his state, but the country as a whole. The border, of course, as you know, is the front door to our house. And right now the front door is wide open. We just broke 250,000. 250,000 border crossings last month, another all-time record. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, so much so that even New York Mayor Eric Adams was forced to take time out of the champagne room. Nobody likes a nightclub more than Eric Adams. You talk about, like, the (laughs) popping bottles with models, as the late great Biggie Smalls once rapped. Eric Adams is popping bottles with models every night here in New York. But he's speaking out about the fact that the border situation and all of these migrants being relocated uh, are becoming a strain on his resources, which I think is hilarious because cities like El Paso that have one one millionth the population of New York have been dealing with this issue for two years now. But Democrats are only speaking up because it's become a problem for them. They don't actually care about the migrants or the humanitarian crisis. What they care about is the shortage of hotel rooms here in New York City now that all the migrants are staying at, you know, five-star hotels. Okay, we did this on Jesse Waters' show last week. Okay, they're staying at the Rowe Hotel over on 8th Avenue, and the migrants are throwing out the food being sent to them at a five-star hotel. Isn't it amazing how in New York they throw out the sandwiches? In Martha's Vineyards, they throw out the migrants. It's like the other way around. They're like, no, you're out of here. We'll keep the mayo. Uh, but the point is M- Mayor Adams is now catching some political heat because it looks terrible. New York has thousands of homeless veterans walking the streets. And we have thousands of migrants staying on our dollar in hotels. So what's the message? If you fight for this country, you're on the streets. But if you break into this country, you're in the suites. That's stupid. Come on, man. Here's Adams speaking up, clip 23. This is a national crisis. FEMA deals with national crises. And New York cannot take more. We can't. Uh, as we indicated, one day, 800, over 800, uh, 3,100 uh, a week and a half ago. But you know what? El Paso can't take more. Uh, Houston, Chicago, these cities can't take more. And I don't want El Paso to be put in a position that they can't take more. They should not be put in that position. We are not pointing the finger at El Paso. We're not pointing the finger at Houston. We're pointing the finger where it should be pointed. And that's our national government. This is a national problem. 
I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't doubt that he is. For Eric Adams to have left the champagne room for five minutes to go give a press conference, like you could hear it when he's talking in the ba- on the microphone in the background. You hear like, doons, 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 doons. You hear the club music. <laughs> Eric, I'm not kidding, though. I was like, you know, I used to drive a cab here for a long time and yeah, work in stand-up at night and, you know, work in media. I know everybody. Eric Adams' clubs, like, honestly, like six nights a week. It's impressive, his commitments. Every night of the week, this guy's partying. But he realizes, yes, the resources here are strained, and he has finally developed some compassion for places like Texas, a compassion everybody should have had. Word one was supposed to be the United States of America, dude. That's where he's supposed to work. You're not supposed to go, well, it's not in my state, so who cares? Dude, if we are united and we are pooling our research, our resources, meaning our tax dollars, then if something's going wrong in Texas, it is your problem in New York. It is your problem in California. It is your problem in Chicago. It is your problem in New Hampshire. Okay? That's the way it's supposed to work. So when Biden turned the border into the college bar that doesn't check ID and started letting every kid into the bar that wasn't supposed to be there to begin with, That became a burden on our national resources. People are only speaking up now because it's become a political liability for them. I'm kind of old-fashioned. Like, I have compassion for the migrants. Yeah, they're breaking the law, but they're fleeing, you know, food insecurity, corrupt governments, all kinds of violence. And now to make matters worse, they're getting bust to liberal cities where you got food insecurity, corrupt government, and cartel violence. It's bad any way you slice it. But the fact that they're all purporting to care now means that not anything to do with the migrants, but a lot to do with their own poll numbers is the bottom line. Democrats are so full of crap. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We're back in action on Fox Across America with your radio buddy. We're going to be rapping with one of my radio buddies, Wesley Hunt. Newly sworn in congressman in Washington, D.C. Just his wife just had a baby as well. There's a lot, a lot of happening in the Hunt household. Uh, and there's a lot happening in the Democratic side of the House of Representatives. Here is uh, Adam Schiff leading the charge yesterday. He was on ABC. Now, Adam Schiff's a clown. Uh, he was the guy who said he had definitive proof of Russian collusion. Do you remember during the Trump years? Oh, no, it's definitive. We got definitive proof. This guy will say anything. And we know that. Why? Because the entire Mueller probe came and went. Did Schiff ever give us the definitive proof? The answer would be no. Okay. Is definitive proof turned out to be the really hot girlfriend who doesn't live around here? No, I got definitive proof of Russian collusion. Hey, can we see it? Well, no, no, not today. It's uh, it's on a modeling shoot on the other side of the world. I wouldn't be able to show it to you right now, but... You know, down the road, I, I have the proof. You'll definitely see it. That's Adam Schiff. This guy's a serious ass. Is he ever? Okay, but Adam Schiff represents uh, a new wrinkle in this Biden classified information saga, and that's member of the Democratic Party going on TV and conceding that Biden may have very well compromised our national security by being as reckless as he was. Come on, man. Okay, and understand, when you hear members of the party speaking out publicly against leadership, it does mean politically there is some blood in the water. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Here is Adam Schiff, clip six. Is it possible that national security was jeopardized here as as, as many, including you, uh, raised that possibility with the Mar-a-Lago documents? Uh, I don't think we can exclude the possibility without knowing more of the facts. 
We have asked for an assessment uh, in the intelligence community of the Mar-a-Lago documents. Uh, I think we ought to get that same assessment of the documents uh, found in the, uh, in the uh, think tank as well as the home of President Biden. Uh, I'd like to know what these documents were. I'd like to know what the IC's assessment is, whether there was any risk of exposure and what the harm would be and whether any mitigation needs to be done. Uh, I think that would be appropriate uh, and consistent with what we requested in the case of Mar-a-Lago. Well, there you go. Okay, and that is significant because he's saying hold them to the same standard under the law, and that is the guy who led the Russian collusion narrative. It was made up by these sick people. Really was, okay, but Ilhan Omar, speaking of sick people, took time out of her busy schedule of marrying her brother. Look it up. (laughs) I wish I was kidding. Uh, Ilhan Omar went on MSNBC and said she's glad a special counsel was appointed for Biden's classified documents. Now, understand, when they're saying that, it's because there is such significant support within the party to not have Biden be the standard bearer again. And that's the key caveat to all of this, is Trump supporters don't leave him for anything. Like, I mean anything. And one of the reasons why, I mean, for real, there's a couple of reasons why. One is you could hate Donald Trump with all the fiber in your being. He's the first politician in our lifetime that actually went to Washington and tried to do the things he campaigned on. People loved that about him. It was refreshing. He was the Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack in that he was an outsider that got into the elite country club and read them their truth stuck their nose in the mess they had made of the country over the past four decades. People love that about him, number one. Number two, the other reason they'll never leave his side is they don't believe anything coming out of our Justice Department anymore. Okay, the Mueller probe damaged the integrity of our Justice Department, you know, for centuries. Okay, just the way Fauci destroyed public health, faith in public health initiatives for centuries by being as wrong and as politically motivated and as willingly dubious and deceitful as they were, no one believes a word any of them ever going to say again, and rightfully so. But when Ilhan Omar says we need a special counsel, you understand, she's speaking up on behalf of a large percentage of the Democratic Party that wants nothing to do with Joe Biden running again. Seventy percent of his own party doesn't want him to run again. Okay, the fact remains within the Republican Party, Trump is the most popular candidate. Okay, it doesn't mean there isn't significant support for a different Republican in 2024. Plenty of people, we had a survey on this show, would rather there be DeSantis or some type of a moving on from Trump, if only because there's a lot of baggage and it's become hard to win elections with him as popular as he is. That being said, Trump's road back to the White House is getting a hell of a whole lot easier because of the current guy that happens to be in the White House right now. I agree with that. And here's Ilan Omar leading that Democratic charge. It's clip eight. I'm glad that there is a special prosecutor that's been appointed to investigate You are glad that there is a special yes, prosecutor. Tell me because why. anytime there is a deviance uh, in regards to security protocols that should be taken serious, it should be investigated. So you have to understand, right, Republicans aren't really interested in upholding up. the law, in following security protocols. What they're interested in is playing a political game and now only wanting to investigate Biden. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. So what is she trying to say, though? 
It's not that she's even really any better when it comes to protecting national security. It still wants Biden out. That's the significance of the clip is that Democrats are speaking up on behalf of this investigation. Yes, still trying to draw the distinction between Biden and Trump, because at the end of the day, that's the be all for them. Be all end all is orange man bad. This guy's got to go. But when it comes to, you know, her claim that Republicans don't support the rule of law, will Republicans the one vowing to defund the police? The answer would be no. Will the Republicans the one that are saying our immigration laws don't matter and everybody's welcome? The answer would be no. I mean, we could go on for days and days, but the point is Ilhan Omar is no different than most of her party. Whether she wants Biden out, which is a little bit of an outlier uh, in the beginning, uh, but is now pretty much mainstream. Okay, the one thing they all have in common is they are really all full of You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and nobody has had a busier month than this next guest who was just sworn into Congress. Wife also had a baby. Can't miss it. The only kid in the infirmary with a Versace onesie. Uh, The best-dressed man in Congress, Wesley Hunt, here to dish on style and so much more. Hello, Mr. Hunt. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for having me on, brother. Really appreciate it. Did you keep keep the campaign promise and buy the Gucci onesie or the Versace onesie? I cannot wait. To post this photo on social media next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I doubt it, you. Hunt. I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> oh, you're the best. So, uh, Byron Donalds was on last week, and we, of course, got into some Wesley Hunt on the way out of the interview, as this is a hot topic of conversation. Oh, you, you, mean, you mean Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Whoa! So, we had, he told you about who's going to play who in the movie. You mean Michael B. Jordan? This I, guy. I love that guy. All right. I, I didn't mean if, if I had known he, because he told me he was going to tell you what I said. I wasn't sure that he did, or I would have brought you on as Louis Gossett Jr., who will undoubtedly play you in the movie. Classic. He's a classic. Oh. You gotta love Louis Gossett Jr. No, he's he's all time. So, he, are you saying he can play you in the movie? You know, it would be it would be an honor, actually. After Officer and a Gentleman in his role there, Ooh. the idea of Louis Gossett playing me. I, I, I like it. I dig it. <laughs> well, Wesley Hunt giving the getting the Gossett Jr. bounce. All right, we'll take it. Okay. If I run into anybody uh, in a position of influence, I'll, I'll pass along the good word. Um, listen, on a real side note, it is Martin Luther King Day. You are yeah. kind of the dream in that, you know, yeah. you're a black American, you know, represented the country in uniform, and you've grown up to be a member of Congress and one of the highest offices in the land. Do you feel like on any level, given everything that you've accomplished and given how much people like yourself can accomplish in this day and age, do you feel like the Democrats are kind of selling this defeatist vision of the country and that they're not acknowledging the progress? I am... Dr. Martin Luther King's greatest dream. Mm. I am the fruition of his I Have a Dream speech. Mm. Um, I am the greatest dream of my ancestors that were once slaves in this country. Mm. And not just me, but my brother and my sister, all three of us attended West Point. We earned multiple master's degrees from Ivy League schools. And I am a United States congressman in a district that is 72% white, and that President Trump would have won by 20 points. 
do not tell me that we have not come a very long way and that I am in fact the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about. And I am literally being judged by the content of my character, not by the color of my skin. And I have the honor of living that every single day right here in the heart of Houston, Texas, 38th District. Boom. Although the only thing I would add, because I agree 100 percent, the studio audience stood and cheered. I mean, it's spot on analysis that yeah. they're living in this kind of state of a denial where they're selling an oppression. They're selling a victimhood over a victorhood, a victorhood that's very attainable in this day and age. But I do want to say this. I went over excerpts of Martin Luther King's speech and you, you don't hear it a lot on TV, but there's a line they deleted where he said, as long as they don't dress like Wesley Hunt. I knew it. We've been had. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, that was the part he woke up from in the dream and the cold sweat. He was like, no, no, it's they actually it's the line was hell no. But I think they struck it out because it doesn't look nice. On the anniversary. It fit. Yeah, it they- fit their agenda. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I bring this up, right? Because, you know, you were part of sponsoring uh, an anti-CRT bill, a critical race theory bill. Yeah. And it's not because anybody uh, and nobody who opposes CRT wants to deny the country's history. I think the argument against CRT is it's not giving us credit for the progress. And that's exactly correct. That's exactly what CRT does. And it doesn't put the ills of our past in context to where the world in this country was at that time in history. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Um, at West Point, you know, I lived in what was called Robert E. Lee Barracks for a semester. Mm-hmm. And I loved living in Robert E. Lee Barracks because it showed the progress of a Confederate general in a building named after him. And here I am, not just me, but my brother and sister, all going through West Point, and I'm living in the building named after the Confederate general. And it was a reminder of the progress that we have had in a very truncated period of time. And I'm not defined by a name on a building or by a statue. I'm defined first by being an American. Yeah. And if you change the name on that building, then I don't have that perspective. We erase the history, and then we are doomed to repeat it in the future. And that's literally what I am preaching every single day, that we as a country have come a very long way. Let's celebrate that. Let's build on it. Let's continue to get better, and let's not villainize those that are a product of that dream. Boom. We're talking to Wesley Hunt from the 38th Congressional District of Texas. Uh, He's fired up. Uh, Let me ask you this, Wesley Hunt. Um, Yeah. This Biden classified information thing, okay, you know, now we're being told it's become a Dr. Seuss book. It's on a goat, on a boat, on a plane with a train. (laughs) On a Corvette. Yeah. On a Corvette. On a vet. It's not good, man. Uh, It's not good. We got documents on the floor of the garage. It's it's gotten a little crazy. Um, And, you know, we kind of laugh at the whole thing, but it's so rich because I think the Democrats kind of made a weird bet here. Because I think they overplayed classified information by raiding Mar-a-Lago with the FBI oh, and yeah. guns drawn. So it's kind of yeah. like they're being held to their own standard. On some level, isn't it kind of funny? You know, if, if equal justice under the law still applies, mm-hmm. then President Biden should have a really big problem on his hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, we all saw the images yep. of the FBI standing outside of President, Trump, of, of President Trump's home. I mean, even I heard rumors that some of the uh, FBI agents went through some of the former first ladies. Oh, how do yeah. I put this? 
<laughs> unmentionable. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and my guess is you are not going to see the FBI go to Delaware and, and, and raid the first lady's bloomers drawer. And the problem <laughs> is this lack of this lack this lack of, 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 of honesty and this lack of treating everybody fairly is what the American public is absolutely fed up with. They absolutely overplayed their hand and then now they gotta pay for it. And I tell you what. Jim Jordan is all over this. Yep. Our Judiciary Committee is going to be all over this, and they're going to have a very rough year. But my dad had a saying. He said, it's all good and fun till the rabbit got the gun. And now that we have the House, mm-hmm. and now that we have Judiciary, I hope they clear out their calendars and get ready for a lot of hearings, a lot of explaining that they have to do to the American public. It's going to be a busy time in D.C. But you know what? Of all the analysis I've gotten okay, on this double standard, uh, and you deserve credit for this, Wesley Hunt. Basically, in a roundabout way, the FBI raided Trump because Melania is so good-looking they wanted to get into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. But I know you, you didn't know I mean. say it. I know you didn't say it. You did not say it. But I am inferring in my own analysis when you really try to figure out what's behind the actions. That's <laughs> okay. They spent nine hours on the property, and I heard all the same reports you did that they were going through all of Melania's closets and belongings and everything in between. So basically, right. got a bunch of perverts in the FBI is what it's come down to. <laughs> this is unbelievable, Hunt. Uh, but you know what? They with, didn't, but they didn't find anything. And I think the other issue that we have to talk about is what exactly did they find at Mar-a-Lago? Mm-hmm. We've heard nothing. Nope. And that's all you really need to know. Yep. So if we're going to go through this kind of due diligence to, to, to go through the, the, the belongings of a, of a former president of this country, mm-hmm. then Joe Biden, as the vice president, not even the president, mm-hmm. the vice president doesn't even have authority mm-hmm. to declassify information. We have got to get after this. Do we ever. Uh, listen, Wesley Hunt, I, I appreciate you coming by speaking truth to power. I know you've got a Hugo Boss sale to get to, so I won't keep you any longer. <laughs> but, uh, go Go find some more you swag. Go boss Tom Ford. Oh, I, I know. Favorite. I know what's going on. The Tom Ford of Congress, Wesley Hunt, Wes, Wesley Gossett Jr. Uh, you're the best, yeah, I man. I love it. I love it. Oh, you're the best. Keep playing good ball. I'll see you soon, brother. God bless you, sir. Anytime, have me on. Thank well, you so much. You know it, my man, the great Wesley Hunt. Wow. So people talk in Congress because we said last week when Byron Donalds was on, I said, "BD, you were almost Speaker of the House. Who's going to play you in the movie?" And Byron Donald said he would be played by Michael B. Jordan. Oh, come on. Cheap shot at Donald's. I think he might be. And then we got into who was going to play Wesley Hunt, and I said Louis Gossett Jr. And uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is a phenomenal actor. Okay. He's in a, Iron Eagle was a seminal film in my youth. We used to watch it on HBO all the time where the kid's dad is being held hostage overseas. So him and Louis Gossett Jr. steal a couple of planes, fly across the world, and rescue the hostage. And they got that Freddie Mercury song on the soundtrack, One Vision. Remember that one? Wild times. But Wesley Hunt, who would in the movie be played by Louis Gossett Jr., just gave us some pretty good analysis. There was a nine-hour FBI raid of Trump's home, no raid of Biden's home. And we did get those reports that FBI agents were sifting through Melania's uh, intimate garments, if you will. Hubba, hubba. So maybe that's what this all comes down to. So many people have been like, where's the raid? Where's the raid at Biden's house? We didn't get a raid on Trump's house. So maybe they want to go looking for panties and find the president's diapers instead. 
fine. That was a cheap shot. But this whole show is a cheap shot. That's what we do. The world is on fire. We are roasting radio marshmallows. That's our job, is to be a port in the storm of insanity, to be a force multiplier of positive energy. Unfortunately, this show is about to end for the day, and I'm about to take my talents over to the TV side of town. So if you want to spend a little more time with your radio buddy, I'll be on the Sean Hannity Show tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Fox News Channel. And then if you get out of bed, you can see me on America's Newsroom tomorrow morning with Bill and Dana. Until then, this one's over, man. Just pay up and get out. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. The only request we ever, ever make is you can be a Republican. We don't care. Be a Democrat. Be a Libertarian. Just don't be a Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.